Jamie. Welcome to ChirpCast. Encouragement with heart, humor, and a little sarcasm. I don't know about you, but when I find a really good series on Amazon Prime or Netflix, I will binge watch it. The other day, Brian, my husband, walked through the living room and he goes, haven't we seen this before? It seems familiar. Yes, it was familiar. And yes, we had seen it all before. It was an episode of Lie to Me, one of my favorite series. It's from years and years ago, but I really liked it, so I wanted to watch it again. It's kind of like episodes of The Office. On this episode of Lie to Me, a woman accidentally IDs the wrong person as the murderer in a shooting on the street because of something called sighted blindness, or another word for it is inattentional blindness. And pretty much what that means is you're going to miss something out of the ordinary because of being focused or distracted with your attention somewhere else. There's actually a scientific research that's been done for this, and there's a doctor who takes this a little bit further. There's a test that this doctor does, and it's called the invisible gorilla test. And this doctor, basically what he does is ask participants to watch a video of people throwing a basketball back and forth. And so what the the observers are told to do is to count the number of passes or to keep track of the number of throws. And after they watched, then the participants were asked if they noticed anything unusual while they were watching the video. So across all of the tests that were done, about 50% of the participants reported seeing nothing out of the ordinary. But something extraordinary actually had happened. In some instances, there was a person dressed in a gorilla suit, and they would walk through the scene, turn to the camera, beat their chest, and walk away. So it seems like it's almost impossible that the participants missed seeing a gorilla, but their attention was focused so so much so on the task of counting the basketball passes back and forth that the gorilla basically became invisible. So it's kind of weird that we would do this, right? Like we would become so distracted that we would miss seeing something out of the ordinary. Well, there's a guy in the Bible, his name is Saul, and he had not only sighted blindness, he had spiritual blindness as well. A little bit of background about Saul is that he was born to Jewish parents who also had Roman citizenship. So this guy was basically a little bit privileged. And between the ages of 10 and 15, Saul began his studies of the Hebrew scriptures under the watchful eye of some of the Pharisees. And these religious leaders, I mean, they would basically hound into his brain for all those years, what the law said. Saul, he he thought he was doing the right thing. His parents thought they were teaching him the right things. They were like, this is how it's supposed to go. He's a young Jewish boy. He's supposed to learn about all this stuff. Unfortunately, he became very blinded spiritually to what God was doing around him as he grew older. In Acts chapter 7, the Bible records Stephen was one of the first, if not the first, martyr, Saul, the Bible says, was standing there while the people threw their coats at his feet. I don't know if he was the coat check guy or what, but (laughs) 
he was standing there and basically being the cheerleader for this man being murdered because of his beliefs. Unfortunately, this is not going to be the last time that Saul is involved in something like this. Saul, at one point, as he gets older, he, again, he is so zealous in his beliefs that he thinks that all Christians are completely out of their minds. He thinks that they are trying to disrupt the Jewish law. They're trying to just kind of be on the fringes of society, and they don't have anything good to say, in his opinion. He thinks they're just causing a ruckus. And so, at one point, Saul is getting ready to travel and bring back people who he believes to have been disobedient to the law. These people were Christians. They were part of what is called the way. So he gets this letter from some Jewish leaders, and he says, basically in this letter, I want to have the power to be able to arrest and bring back any Christians that I find. And it gives him permission to do this. As he is traveling down the road, it says that he's traveling in Acts chapter 9, and a light comes from heaven and shines down on him, and a voice speaks. It is so audible. (laughs) I can only imagine what the voice of God sounds like, but it says that he falls to his knees and he closes his eyes. God says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul's reaction is, I mean, aside from the fact that he was probably pretty freaked out, his question is, who is this? Who are you? (laughs) And so him and God have a conversation and God gives him some instructions about where to go. So Saul tries to stand up. He starts to open his eyes. And immediately he finds that he is blind. Well, I can only imagine that kind of a dramatic (laughs) entrance for God to speak to you like that. And then for something physical to happen, to become blind. It's almost like God took what was spiritually Saul's problem and he made it Saul's physical problem. Honestly, I believe that Saul was probably physically blinded so that God could open his spiritual eyes. I mean, talk about having his full attention. There were no distractions. He couldn't see. He couldn't read. He was probably just thinking the worst. Like, this is forever. There's no cure for this. You know, I'm blind forever. Well, unbeknownst to Saul, there is a man who is also a follower of Christ, and his name is Ananias. And God tells Ananias, I want you to go to where Saul is, and he gives him the directions, and I want you to go pray for him, and then his sight will be restored. Ananias was (laughs) like, I'm sorry, what did you say again? You want to repeat that? Because I didn't hear it. Do you not know who this man is? Like he has persecuted and killed so many of us. And God says, This is the instructions I'm giving you. Go do what I've asked you because Saul is the man or the instrument that I have chosen to bring my word and to spread it further. Okay, that's amazing because Saul, here he is, the guy that's trying to basically kill all of the Christians and stop the gospel. What? God says he's going to use him, that he has chosen him for this? Talk about having your eyes opened. When I think about us (laughs) as people who are just going through life, you know, our everyday, ordinary, get up, drink our coffee, maybe get the kids ready for school, go to work, come home, play fetch with the dog, make dinner, clean our house, you know, whatever we're doing, our regular everyday lives, sometimes I wonder if we get so busy and so hurried that we don't see 
what's going on around us. What is it that God's doing around you that you're missing? Have there been opportunities to love or serve or minister or pray for or just kind of help the broken? And we let them pass by because we're so focused on our mission. We're so focused on our goals and what we want out of life that we're missing opportunities that God has put in front of us. So something that is very interesting is that while Ananias is praying for Saul, Saul's eyes are opened, and then it says that Saul gets baptized, and immediately he wants to start talking about God, like he wants to share the good news. But the other Christians that are part of the way, they're scared to death. They think it's a trap. (laughs) So apparently Saul's reputation preceded him in a lot of different ways. These people knew that Saul was kind of tricky, that he was a smart, educated man who came from a good Jewish, uh, prominent, privileged family. And they were like, I don't think I want to be around this guy. Um, There are too many instances where he has arrested, cheered on, stood by and watched other Christians die. And so they were very, you know, understandably, they were they were standoffish. And Saul is trying so hard to fit in all of a sudden. He is he's trying to preach the gospel. He's trying to spread the good news. And eventually they kind of bring him into the fold and they trust him and they, you know, they see him for who God has made him. And so they're not blind to the transformation anymore. Saul immediately, it says that he began preaching and spreading the gospel. And, you know, there were probably several times where his education and the privilege of his background opened doors. There were times when he was brought before the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which were the religious leaders. And because of his education, he was able to sometimes reason with them and sometimes confound them because he knew both sides. He knew the law, but he knew the love of Christ. And so he was able to use what he had in his background. And, you know, just like Saul, when we are brought into the submission of Jesus our backgrounds, our talents, our education, our circle of influence will be used for his glory. We don't have to worry about what we're going to do or what we're going to be called to do. When Christ calls us, he knows our limitations, but he also knows the strengths that he has put within us to do the job that he has called us for. 2 Corinthians 4, 3-4 says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil— It is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Satan wants nothing more than for us to be blind. He wants us to be unseeing people, to just move about everyday mundane lives He wants us to miss the miracle. He wants us to not have a testimony, but because of what God has done, we are open. Spiritually, our eyes are opened. And 
we don't have to have sighted blindness. We can have our eyes fully open and our hearts fully open to what it is that God wants to use us for. You see, God didn't just call Saul. He called all of us. We all have a mission, and that mission is to love others, to serve others, to reach the broken, because we have the cure. Now, I can tell you, I've never walked into a room and been like Ananias and prayed for somebody and scales fall off their eyes and immediately they can see, but I have stood with friends and prayed with them. In fact, just two weeks ago, I was at a women's conference and I was able to meet a young woman who her and her husband had just recently started pastoring a church. They've only been there for, I think she said about eight months. My husband and I have been at our church for 13 and a half, going on 14 years. And I was just able to speak encouragement to her, to offer a listening ear, um, a phone number, an email. (laughs) And maybe I wasn't this big, huge prayer warrior at the moment, but I can pray for her and her husband and the ministry that God has called them to. I can listen. I can give her encouragement and advice when needed or asked. That's something that God has put in my toolbox. Now for you, maybe it's being able to give financially somewhere to a place that needs it. Maybe it is praying for people who are sick. Maybe it is a musical talent that you can share or even just your own personal testimony. I mean, if anybody had a testimony, it was Saul to be completely transformed from someone who had complete blindness to having his eyes wide open by the love of Jesus. I hope that you're encouraged today and that you can see that whatever it is that God is trying to show you, whatever mission God has put in front of you, I pray that you would step into that, that you would receive what God has for you. And instead of closing your eyes and being afraid of what God might call you to do, I hope that you are open, open to his will and open to spreading the love of Christ. If you're looking for something interesting, I would love for you to pick up one of my books on Amazon. I have three out. I am currently working on the fourth. We'll see how long that one takes. But the three that I have are Inconvenient Calling, Chased by Grace, and Embraced by Grace. Like I said, they can be purchased on Amazon. Or if you want to follow me on Instagram... For more encouraging, hopefully uplifting, sometimes just random entertainment, you can follow me on Instagram at ChirpCastAmy. I will catch you next time.